800 AM and 94.9 FM KINY Juno from the Alaska Airlines Studio. Local first. Now, News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis, and these are the stories we're following this hour. Today is Elizabeth Parentrovich Day. Plus, Community Advocacy Program Manager for the Clinton Heine Joint Capital Chat earlier this week. And Senator Murkowski delivered her annual address to the Alaska State Legislature yesterday. But first, celebrate Elizabeth Parachovich Day at the City Museum today with activities from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., including screenings of the film For the Rights of All, Ending Jim Crow in Alaska, and a scavenger hunt among the museum's exhibits. Paratrovich was an Alaska Native woman of the Tlingit Nation who was instrumental in the campaign against ending the discrimination that plagued the Alaska Territory, and in doing so, she left a permanent mark on Alaska's history. On February 16, 1945, after a two-hour-long hearing, Paratrovich stood and delivered an impassioned and eloquent speech that garnered the support needed to pass the Anti-Discrimination Act of 1945, which was the first anti-discrimination law in Alaskan history and the first of its kind enacted in the United States. Museum admission is free for February, thanks to the sponsorship of Michelle Storer. Community Advocacy Program Manager with Clinton & Haida, Natasha Jackson, joined Capital Chat earlier this week. On Monday, Clinton & Haida will hold a human trafficking awareness event beginning at 8 a.m. at the Elizabeth Parentrovich Hall. The agenda will include talking circles, connection with community resources, and a panel discussion. Jackson shares information on speakers who will be in attendance. Our facilitator is Ingrid Cumberledge. She's the Department of Justice MMIP coordinator. And then we have Josie Hieno. She's the Secretary of the United States Advisory Council on Human Trafficking. She did a lot of work at Covenant House with the homeless youth up there. And then we have Erin Terry, the Federal Bureau of Investigation Victim Specialist. She was recognized last year as one of the nine FBI agents for their work across Indian country. And then we have Katie Tipos, who is the program coordinator for the director's office for the Division of Alaska for the State Troopers. You can learn about prevention strategies and resources are available in Southeast Alaska and ways you can help. I have the um, National Human Trafficking Hotline, and that is 888-373-7888. We also have the FBI Anchorage Field Office, 276-4441. They also have a National Human Trafficking Hotline that you can text at 233-733. But if you want, like, local, our program is always happy to talk with you at 463-7766 and also AWARE is a really good resource. And U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski yesterday delivered her annual address to the Alaska State Legislature during a joint legislative session at the Capitol Building in Juneau. She talked about infrastructure success and broadband support. More than $7.2 billion has been announced for Alaska under our bipartisan infrastructure law, the most per capita in the United States. <clears throat> so we talk about broadband, but nearly $2 billion is headed our way for broadband as we seek to connect every community to high-speed internet. We've secured 10% 
of national funding for ports and harbors, benefiting communities like Anchorage, like Adak, Cordova, Nome, Yakutat. A total of 416 million and counting for our Alaska Marine Highway System. Yes. Hey. And Alaska's role in the Arctic. We're also putting ourselves on the map as an Arctic capital. Absolutely we should. We're building infrastructure like the Deepwater Port in Nome. We're establishing institutions like the Ted Stevens Center for Arctic Security Studies and UAA's Homeland Security Center of Excellence. And now <clears throat> I'm pushing to make sure that the commitments that were made to us on icebreakers are kept and also for our Arctic ambassador, our own Dr. Mike Svrega, we need to get him confirmed as well. Senator Murkowski said that ConocoPhillips is hiring 1,800 people this winter for its construction activities at Willow. Santos is hiring more than 2,400 on the North Slope this season, making a total of over 4,000 jobs. While celebrating those wins, she also underscored significant challenges like workforce shortages and the need to boost quality of life. Everything that I have mentioned here requires workers. And we're now at 11 straight years and counting with a net loss of working age Alaskans. Quality of life is everything, but inflation has made everything cost more. High interest rates add insult to injury. We're behind on housing, we're behind on childcare, we're behind on education. To address those challenges, Murkowski outlined her focus on legislative solutions. She thanked the legislators for their actions over the past year and called on them to work with the delegation to ensure continued progress towards a more resilient future for the state. Coming up, an event by the Alaska Hope Congress. That story when Local First News continues with Jazz Garrett. Welcome back to Local First News. I'm Jazz Garrett. An event by the Alaska Hope Congress titled Alaska in the Crosshairs, Climate, Arctic, Environment, and the Resurgence of Nuclear Weapons is taking place this weekend. Dan O'Neill, author of Firecracker Boys, will be giving a lecture tonight at 7 p.m. at the University of Alaska Southeast. He says you can trace the emergence of the environmental movement today back to Project Chariot, which happened in Alaska in the late 1950s. It was a plan by the United States Atomic Energy Commission to create an instant harbor on the coast of Alaska up near Point Hope by burying and detonating a string of thermonuclear bombs. It would have been hundreds of times greater than the shot at Hiroshima. Something like 70 million cubic yards of Earth would be uh, blasted out of a keyhole-shaped crater, irradiated, pulverized, irradiated, and shot as high as the stratosphere. So uh, it would have been an enormously dirty uh, project. Tomorrow is an all-day event beginning at 9 a.m. Steve Umtuk is a Point Hope culture bearer. He shares his cultural perspective on climate change. You know, in the last 30, 40 years, you've seen a lot of changes with the currents and the warmer climates, uh, the wind directions, the thickness of the ice, because it affects our way of hunting, you know, especially when majority of our food comes from the ocean. You know, we also celebrate the born of the ice when the first slush ice connects to the land and we pull out the whale sail. We, we've hunted whales for thousands of years and the whale is the center of everything to us. Uh, our houses, our feast grounds, our graveyards are made from the 
whale jaw bones, the, the drums of our skins that come from the whale liver, the songs and dances tell the stories of the way of life as the Tikiaumi, the people of Point Hope, and whether it really affects our way of life. The event is free, but people need to register in advance at akhopecongress.org. It will also be live-streamed. The symposium is presented by Juno World Affairs Council, Veterans for Peace Chapter 100, Point Hope Congress, and the Alaska Peace Center. Lower-income families with school-age kids can get help from the federal government paying for groceries this summer. Unless they live in one of the 14 states that have said no to joining the program this year, such as Alaska. The reasons for the rejections, all from states with Republican governors, include philosophical objections to welfare programs, technical challenges due to aging computer systems, and satisfaction with other summer nutrition programs reaching far fewer children. Many states have rejected federal funds on principle or for technical reasons. The Juno Commission on Sustainability will be hosting two community sustainability sessions featuring questions and answers on Juno's solid waste issues. Tuesday, February 20th, 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. at the Mendenhall Valley Library, and Thursday, March 7th from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. at the Downtown Library. CBJ staff members Diana Robinson and Stuart Ashton will give a brief presentation on Juno's solid waste systems and will be available to answer questions about solid waste and recycling. The Board of Education Finance Committee meeting will be held at 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. today. A school reconfiguration plan discussion on the Juno School District budget will take place. Now you're up to date with Local First News. I'm Jazz Garrett.